Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good morning, world, and welcome into Trust the Tape, episode 13,973. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh from 105.3 The Fan and DFW at JC1053 on Twitter, alongside my co-host, Dane Brugler, at DP Brugler on Twitter. Good morning, Dane. Good morning. We have a little bit of breaking news this morning when we woke up with Tony Romo. Well, we have two very big news items. One, rest in peace to sweet Tony. Yes. The greatest uh, quarterback in the history of the Cowboys. Wow. And two... Hello to Dane Brugler's draft guide. Yeah. The guide is out. The beast. It is. I, it was it was fun to actually sleep this weekend. I can't tell you how excited I was to do that. Uh, I'd see my kids. I haven't seen them in 10 months. That was great. Uh, but no, yeah, the guide is out. Check out my Twitter, uh, at DP Brugler. It's pinned at the top. Uh, 450 profiles, over 1,000 players ranked. I'm not going to get them all right. I promise you that, but I promise you the batting average will be pretty good, and I'm pretty proud about that. And even if, you know, I, I think most people get it because in this sixth, seventh round, you know, your team drafts, yeah, X player from, you know, McNeese State. You don't know what, what's this guy going to offer to my team. That's when you pull up the guide and it gives you, you know, his birth date, how many games he started as a freshman, uh, and then, of course, all the analysis you want. So uh, if you want to check out the guide, just check out my Twitter and you'll be all set. Has anybody ever drafted a player and you didn't know who they were? Uh, not that I didn't know who they were, but I didn't do like enough work. Like Jeff Swaim, with the Cowboys. What the hell, Dane? I didn't do enough. You work weren't ready. Him. You weren't ready for Jeff Swaim. Well, he wasn't draftable in my opinion. So <laughs> oh, oh. you know, I, you know, I just did. I, I saw him once, and I was like, eh, this guy's not really NFL talent, and moved oh. on. And there's only so Man, many hours in a day. Fired at Will McClay <laughs> for drafting Jeff Swaim. Actually, I think Romo drafted Jeff Swaim. Yeah. I think Romo and Witten drafted right. Jeff Swaim. So congratulations to them. All right, is there anything else we need to do? Or We're doing our preview of uh, the NFL draft division by division, and today is what? The Souths? The Southes? The Souths. Today we plural. do the Southes. And one of them I think is pretty darn affected by today's news, at least to me, mm-hmm. because if we start with the AFC South in alphabetical order, that means we start with... <laughs> Houston, Houston, the Texans, and their number one need, which I kind of assumed was going to be filled by the man whose jersey I'm wearing today in a show of support and solidarity, the great Tony Romo, the finest quarterback to ever play the sport. Uh, rest in peace and look forward to seeing him on the Masters coverage next yeah. weekend or whatever. Uh, so the Texans need a quarterback or they're about to roll into a season with Tom Savage with a Super Bowl-ready team right? with Tom Savage. And that's their plan. Uh, you think about how good that defense was last year without J.J. Without J. Watt. J. J. Yeah. So you add him to the mix. Uh, you know, on offense, they still have 
they have talent across the board. Uh, you know, they could use some upgrades on the offensive line. But yeah, you're right. This is a quarterback away from you know really competing for a significant spot. You know, competing with the the Patriots. You know, try to give them a run for the AFC. Was Tony Romo going to be able to do that? I don't. We'll never know. I, was Houston? Yes, he was. That Jay. interested? Is that was that their plan? I I don't know. We'll never. If not, really what know. was their plan? Yeah, well, that, that's a good question. You know, they swung and missed on Osweiler. Uh, and look, I'll give them credit. They admitted their mistake and they moved on. Uh, it cost them a second round pick in the process, but uh, you know, give them credit for moving on. But now, what is the plan? What do they do? Uh, and this is the the risk that they took by not trading for Romo. Well, I don't think there's going to be a guy in this draft at 25 that you can pick and plug in. Well, and that's who it. can you pick at 25? Does maybe Mahomes make it, or maybe this insanity we're hearing about Davis Webb being a first round pick? Does Kaiser fall? And, and do you want to start any of them? Because I don't. I, I could make an argument that Tom Savage gives you a better chance of going to the playoffs this year than any rookie in this class. You know, long term, obviously you want the rookie. But this year, Tom Savage might give you the best chance. Uh, but yeah, right now, it's Tom Savage and Brandon Whedon on the roster. That's far from ideal. And this is a, a division that's very, very winnable uh, and a team that's ready to, to make a run for the playoffs. So uh, I'm eager to see what Houston does now. They have to do something. You cannot enter the season with those two guys as your quarterback. Uh, but again, yeah, if they address the quarterback position at 25, that doesn't necessarily help you right away. So Maybe it should they, be interesting. You know who they should sign? That's the team that should sign Kaepernick. Houston should sign Kaepernick. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of back themselves into a corner where they have to have that conversation. And Bill O'Brien has talked about that before, that they've had, they've had that conversation. It, he doesn't fit what Bill O'Brien wants to do, right? but you, you've you backed yourself into a corner. You have to have that conversation. You ready for the Jay Cutler era? <sighs> no, nah, I mean... No one is. No one is. Yeah, I... I don't love that that's that fit that scenario, but if if you're Houston, what, what's a better option? And if you're gonna even if you draft a quarterback, Cutler still probably gives you a better chance in 2017. All right, what else could they do? I got a list of needs for them. Quarterback is obviously number one. I have on here right tackle, right tackle, cornerback. Yeah, uh, they re-signed a tight end. Like, right, right tackle and cornerback and quarterback. Uh, they need some help with safety. Um, I think some depth is needed there, but right tackling is a big one. Uh, and then also, you know, Dwayne Brown's not getting any younger, so maybe a right tackle for right now eventually can kick over to the left side. Uh, so that's why, you know, Ryan Ramchek, if he's uh, available at that point, Garrett Bowles will be in that conversation. Uh, offensive tackle very much in play for whoever is at quarterback. They'll, they'll need the extra help blocking. Well, and if they need a corner, you'll be fine. In this draft, right. you're, you're going to be fine. It, it It hurts a little bit that a couple of guys have gotten hurt. Maybe it hurts some teams that Tease Tabor decided to run a 4-7 at his pro day, which is backwards from what you're supposed to do. Hmm. You're supposed to be faster than your combine. But there's still just so many names there where you can figure it out. Next, the Indianapolis Colts. Where do you start with them? Is it still protecting the quarterback? Uh, I, I think it's more on defense. I mean, yeah, you ha- do you have to help out Andrew Luck on offense uh, and you know give him some more help on the offensive line, but... It, the Colts are not going to go anywhere unless they stop anybody. Uh, you know they have to boost the front seven. That's something that I think that uh, Chris Ballard, uh, first year general manager, has tried to do in free agency, signing guys like you know Jabal Sheard and you know nice players, but they need more juice off the edge. Uh, guys that can be versatile, help out. That's why I think Hassan Reddick uh, from Temple is a perfect fit uh, right there for them in the middle of the first round. 
Uh, I love the fit. Love what he instantly brings to that defense. Uh, it helps multiple positions there. So I think that is a position they could look at. Then on offense, offensive line definitely need more help. And then what about running back? I mean, Frank Gore, he's entering age 34. 58, yeah. Uh, 58. <laughs> so, you know, they need some fresh legs. Wild card. Uh, Joe Mixon. Eh, I, For but, every team. Chris Ballard, the new general manager uh, uh, of the Colts, he is the guy who the days leading up to the, what was that, 2014 draft, uh, or 2015 draft, he went to Oakland and he spent considerable amount of time, a few days, with Marcus Peters and his family. To well, get, and all he did was choke a coach. Allegedly. Well, yeah. Well, and there was a few things. I mean, there, there were just your his attitude, uh, just his lifestyle. You, you just had to be sure because the Chiefs had a top twenty pick that year. They had to be sure. Chris Ballard spent a lot of time with him uh, to figure out if he was the guy. Chris Ballard was also part of the front office that drafted Tyree Kill. So it would not be a complete shock if the Colts decided to do this uh, in the second round. You know, I, I think Joe Mixon could be on the board for them. Now that's. For a first-year general manager, that's ballsy uh, to make a move like that. Well, I mean, what's the goal as a first-year general manager to win? Yeah, that help. Yeah, for you know, six-year general managers too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, pretty I, good idea. It's something that they should try out, and if Mixon could help them do that, so. But if say just in a, in a scenario where there's no running back uh, drafted when they when they're picking in the fir- mid first round, all the running backs are on the board: Fournette, Cook. Uh, McCaffrey, could they go that direction? I, I've kind of gotten to the point, and I don't, I don't think I've really kept this secret. Mixon's the first one I would pick, mm. so like I, I, I'm not going to willingly sacrifice talent because of something from three or four years ago. If I think the guy's a good, if, if I think he's a good person, I haven't talked to Joe Mixon. I don't right, know. right. But if I do, I'm not going to be the guy who's like, well, huh, we're not going to do it in the first. Why? Because we're not going to do it in the first. Yeah. Why? Right. Like we're, we want the better player, or do we want to pick some? Like, I don't know, Dalvin Cook, it just seems like now there's... Since I see questions about Dalvin Cook, whether it's off-field, whether it's who he hangs out with, whether it's shoulders, whether... And, you know, Leonard Fournette, he is what he is. He's a really good downhill runner, but that's kind of what he is. Yeah. McCaffrey, he's fun. Yeah. I like him. Mixon, I can hand it to 25 times and feel great about. Stanford connection with Luck and McCaffrey. Mm. I, I it's and this is also a running back deep draft where you can get an Alvin Kamara on day two. Yeah, you, know, you can get a Samaje P Ryan in round three, uh, round three or four. You can get a Wayne Gallman or Marlon Mack. You can find extra juice uh, at the running back position. You don't have to go that position early. So I, I do think it's more likely we see them go defense in round one. Wait to get that running back on day two. We move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars as we preview the NFL draft. And my need number one, which I don't know if the world agrees, a passer is a passer. They keep drafting all the players I like. They have lots of young talent that I'm a big fan of. And they just are going, how long do you ride the Blake Bortles experiment? Like, I get it. You look at the end of the year and it's right. like, look how many yards he threw for and how many touchdowns. I've seen the splits by quarter. Yes, he gets a lot of numbers in the fourth quarter because they get their butts kicked because he's a bad quarterback and he gets to throw against prevent. So I don't know how long you wait to pull the trigger and get rid of Blake Bortles, but to me it's time. Uh, I don't know if people are that brave. People might think that about Jared Goff already in L.A., and I don't know, I don't know when it's too early or too late, but I think for Bortles I've seen enough that I don't think he's going to be any different, and I don't think they're ever going to be a good team until they get a different quarterback. 
Well, and you know, what do we say about Houston? You know, give them credit for admitting their mistake with Osweiler and moving on. Uh, you know, they obviously still have a hole at quarterback, but at least they moved on from what they thought was a problem. And Blake Bortles right now, yeah, it's time he has shown promise. At, at time he has flashed, uh, you know, the ability to be uh, a starting NFL quarterback that can help you win games. Just hasn't happened with any consistency. And I, I, you know, with a new head coach now, uh, you know, Tom Coughlin's in the building. I don't know if we'll see if that changes at all. Uh, but, you know, I think the biggest question is what do they think of Blake Bortles within the building? Yeah. I mean, they can say whatever they want publicly, uh, but what they actually think, that that's a, that's a big wild card. So uh, the Jags are tough because you look at that roster, they've got talent, uh, and it just, just has not translated to wins. Uh, again, they were uh, eager in free agency this year. They added Calais Campbell, uh, the corner from Houston, uh, uh, A.J. Bouye. So uh, they have added some talent to this roster where they don't have a glaring need. They can really go best player available uh, with a top five pick. Which you shouldn't be able to say about a team no. that's awful. No. And that's, like, oh, they got a pretty good roster. What? That tells you quarterback yeah. is, is really the big issue. I mean, they, they could look at tight end. They could use an upgrade. Um, I think running back, TJ Yeldon, Chris Ivory, I mean, those are nice players, but you could use an upgrade there. But I don't think you're taking either tight end or running back at four. I mean, OJ Howard and Leonard Fournette are nice players. I don't think you should take a number four overall. They're just better players available. So I, I think that they go best available at four, uh, whether that's a Jonathan Allen, uh, maybe someone to help in the secondary like a Lattimore or, or one of these safeties. But Jonathan Allen would be fun. Yeah. So he then would. you have Jonathan Allen. They signed Campbell. Right. You have Fowler. And they, free Miles Jack. Telvin Smith. They signed Malik, a, Malik Jackson last year in free agency, who I think is basically what Jonathan Allen does. Uh, so it's... But you can keep those guys fresh by rotating them in and out. Uh, you know, injuries are bound to happen. Uh, so I, I think Jonathan Allen, to me, makes the most sense if he's there. But it really will be interesting to see what direction they go. If they do make a splash at quarterback, uh, I, I don't see it. I think they're ready to ride out this Blake Bortles train, but we'll have to see. All right, and the last team in the AFC South we got to get to is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I see... Multiple positions listed for them, but for me, number one would be wide receiver. Right. When you talk about, you know, they've got, they have wide receivers. They've got bodies. They don't have a lead dog. Right. Uh, so for me, if you could find a way to get Corey Davis there from uh, Western Michigan, I think that is the dude. Like, would you take him out of five? They have two picks, right? Five and 18. 18, you're not going to get your pick of the receivers, are you? But you still get a pretty decent one, pretty good one. Might not get your choice. Right. At that point, are you taking? Well, you know what? That goes to a whole different conversation. What order do you think they go in? Because I have no idea. Could I see right. John Ross going before Mike Williams? Sure. I could. I could see Mike Williams go before Corey Davis. I could. For right. me, I think it should probably go Davis, Williams, Ross. Uh, and I say them together because but how m- I, I'm more of a Ross believer, but there's enough right. injury there that, whew. So how far ahead of Williams is Davis for you? It, it, Com- enough, comfortably uh, enough that you would take him at five to avoid being left with Williams at eighteen. Uh, what else am I going to do at five? What else do we need to do at Tennessee? Let me see what else we need to do, and then I'll figure it out. Let's see. Uh, you know, they could go uh, obviously with. See, I don't know. They to signed me, a corner. They signed a safety. Look, if you have a top five pick. The goal should be to get the best player available. Yeah, uh, you know, you want to get an impact player. Uh, not address and reach for a need. If Corey Davis is your ninth best player, 
I'd take him. Over I, well, I think guys you have ahead of him. I think that's a money position, though. At wide receiver, there's guys that make $15 million. Sure. Instead of that, am I going to take, I'll just throw out another name, am I going to take Jamal Adams if he's a strong safety? If I have him ahead of Corey Davis, if they're close, because what do strong safeties make? That's fair. $6 million a year? Yeah. I, I want my $15 million yeah, And safety is not exactly a glaring need for, right. for Tennessee. Oh, well, I was just throwing out a name that I think that I would have ranked above no. him oh, as yeah, a player right, right. a little bit. Right. But because then, I think most people would agree that Adams was probably a ranked higher than uh, Corey Davis for most right. uh, across the NFL. So, yeah, that it, it does. Tennessee's in an interesting spot with those two first-round picks. Uh, how do they maneuver uh, you know, to get the guys they want? Are they comfortable with any of these receivers? Is there one they have their eye on like, like you do? Uh, it, it really will be interesting. For me personally... I'd be fine with either of them. Uh, you know, I'd be happy with waiting at 18 and getting the receiver that, that falls to me. Hopefully one does. Uh, but I think the goal is all about just getting a playmaker for Mariota. Uh, you know, seeing what Houston has not done at the quarterback position, to me, I think Tennessee enters the year as the AFC South favorite. Uh, I mean, I think with Mariota taking, I think, steps towards being a better and better quarterback, get him another playmaker – I think the Titans recently worked out David and Joku. I think that's a possibility at 18. Uh, he's not that you know big wide receiver, but he's a big offensive threat that, that can help you uh, in different ways. So I think he should be in, in They play still there. have Delaney, don't they? They do. But I, I think they play a little bit different positions maybe. Right. And you, you can get them on the field at the same time. Uh, you know, Walker's only going to play so many more years. Um, you know, and Joku's only 20 years old. He'll uh, play a more complementary role before he – develops into that full-time starter. So either way, I, I think that the Titans are in a good spot with two first-round picks, uh, a chance to upgrade the roster for the now and for the long term. And I, to me, like I said, I think they're the favorites uh, going into the year for the AFC South. All right, let's kick it on over to the NFC South as we're previewing the draft here. And alphabetically, that means we start with the Atlanta Falcons, who will be picking pretty darn late. Uh, pass rush opposite Vic Beasley? Yeah, and you know they added Jack Crawford, uh, okay, you know, a nice piece. But you know, they, and they added Don Terry Poe. So the interior defensive line they added to. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I agree. I still think they're missing someone on the outside that can help bring more pass rush options. So uh, I think they have a few options that could be available with uh, you know a Charles Harris or a Taco Charlton, uh, a Tack McKinley, depending on what type of rusher they want to go. I, I think all those guys make sense. So we name all those guys, and this is going to be a little sidebar before we continue on the pass rushers, because as we've been talking about this draft, obviously the the pick I care about most is number 28. And trying to imagine, because you say names of pass rushers, whether it's Taco, whether it's Tack, whether it's Charles Harris, and trying to guess who is going to be where, people need pass rushers. So they generally go pretty quick. You're probably going to have right. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, a whole bunch go in the first round. Do you have any feel for the order? Like, Tack got banged up. Taco, to me, is kind of, he's right. not really as explosive as some of these other guys. Charles Harris athletically didn't measure well. Derek Barnett, there's TJ people who Watt. have doubts about him. TJ Watt, yeah. is he a pass rusher? Like, just trying to figure out the order. And that's why, so I'm a, I'm a cowboy watcher. I watch the Cowboys. We are always talking about, which pass rusher do you want them to add? Should you trade up this and that? And my answer has always been trade up for what? Right. I, I don't know which one I want. I have my order, but do I feel great in saying that I know for sure that Tack McKinley is going to have a better career than TJ Watt 
or Derek Barnett or Charles Harris is going to have the better career. Man, trying to split them up definitively and right. say, man, I think you got to go up and get that guy when I could sit here and I might get the better one. Who's your number two pass rusher behind Miles Garrett? It's Tack. Okay. It's Tack McKinley. And do I feel great about it? No. Right. I like. I loved his tape. I don't love the fact that technically I don't think I've ever seen his hands get above his eyes. I don't think I've ever seen him really use him. He just fires off the corner and he's got a motor that never quits. And despite the fact that by times he can't bend at all, right. he flattens the corner better than anyone I watched on tape. And and that's not necessarily a bad thing for say the Cowboys because right. if you you know you're going to see these guys come off the board at TJ Watt or attack McKinley, but then you're okay with a Charles Harris being there, you know because. You know, these guys are so grouped together, and you could say the same thing about the cornerbacks this year. There's just a lump of these guys that the fact that you can't uh, create huge separation between them might not be a bad thing because they're going to go early, and it, you, know, you hope one of them falls due. Right. And so, yeah, but the order, I think, is going to be all over the board. You know, Derek Barnett is not going to be a good tester. Uh, you know, he wasn't at the combine, wasn't on his pro day. I mean, there was... Well, you know, he was sick and then the groin. Right. And, and if he had to work out again, there would be something else. Exactly. It, it was raining outside. Yes. You know, there, there's something that would happen. Um, but he's just not a good tester, but he's a good football player. And that's why I think he's going to be a top 20 pick when it's all said and done. But then you have a guy like TJ Watt. You have, you know, all the guys we talked about. It really will be interesting to see how they come off the board, but I do think they'll it'll be it'll be quick and it'll be it'll be fast. I, I, Tyus Bowser from Houston, I have him in my top twenty five in my mock draft this week. I, I think he's going to be a guy that, that teams really believe in. So these pass rushers are going to come off the board in what order? Who knows? But they're going to come off the board pretty quickly for the Cowboys. You just hope there's one left for you. I'm a pretty big Tyus Bowser fan. Um, you think he's going to be a three four guy? Because I loved Ideally, when, sure. when they just told him, go, go right. get the quarterback. I was like, dude, that's a pass yeah. rusher. He can bend. Uh, he's fast. And then the next uh, six plays, he was dropping. Yeah. And I was like, what are we doing? He can convert uh, speed to power. I mean, he can blow through guys. Uh, it's just, he wasn't a full-time pass. Even though he wasn't a full-time pass rusher, he still finished top five in the conference in sacks. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he is a... Kind of like Watt. T.J. Watt yeah. wasn't really asked to, hey, go turn the right. corner all the time. It was like you looked up, and it's like, oh, double well, just sacks. T.J. Watt, people forget he was he was a quarterback in high school. He went to uh, Wisconsin as a tight end. He didn't move to defense until 2015. Uh, and so, and then uh, 2015, he didn't start. He was off the bench, uh, mostly because of knee issues, which is another thing that we have to talk about with T.J. Watt. He's had three serious, uh, you know, legitimate knee problems. Son of a bitch, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, I got to read, read the, beast. the beast. I got to read the beast at DP Brugler by the beast by uh, the draft guy. Yeah, you find all this out, and then this past year he was you know really the first time full full time starter for Wisconsin, and he had eleven and a half sacks. I mean, he had a great year, but I mean, there are some questions there with TJ Watt. And so, if his last name was TJ Smith, you still like him as much as you do now? It, it, those are these are all questions. I would, I really would, because I hold the last name against him. Okay, well, yeah, there you go. I watched Hard Knocks, and I watched JJ Watt. <laughs> run out onto a field in the dark when no one was there, and it was like, yep, just wanted to get a workout in. But the field was ringed by fans, so clearly it was set up, but it was just made to look like, T.J. Watt, got to keep working. (laughs) The sun goes down. Where's my medicine ball? You douche. Uh, I shouldn't put that in the podcast. Well, it's too late now. Carolina Panthers, as we move on to our next team. Let me see here. What do we need for the Panthers? We need to block better. We need to cover better. We need to rush the passer better. How oh, they resigned everybody there. Think, what what I, I do you have for the Panthers? I think it's more of what we've been talking about with these pass rushers. You know, yeah, okay, yes. They uh they brought back Mario Addison. Right. You know, Charles Johnson's back. 
Uh, 37-year-old Julius Peppers right. uh, is returning to the franchise that that drafted him way back when. But, again, these are bodies. I don't think they're difference makers. Time yeah. out. Uh, everybody's mocking Leonard Fournette to the Panthers. Yeah. Let me ask you about I, that. I'm one of them. Don't, don't they line up in shotgun a lot? They do. How does that fit? Don't you want him running downhill? Well, sure. But that doesn't – I mean, whether you do pistol, whether you right. do, uh, you know, just variations of – uh, you know, uh, putting him in offset eye. I mean, you could do different things. To, just because he's used to that, it, it lining up in a pro style where he's, you know, eye formation, and he's just running as hard as he can downhill. I mean, I don't know. To me, that's not something that uh, Leonard Fournette's just a freak. And that's something that is not going to worry me if I draft him. Okay. And then what else were we doing? And selfishly, I just want to see Cam Newton and You just want to see defenders have to tackle yeah. all those guys 40, fun 40 times a game. Run the option. I, I, that'd be fun. Yeah, defenses are not going to like that. Secondary players are going to have mystery injuries mm-hmm. every week that they play the Panthers. Business decisions. I'm like, no thank you. Uh, let's see. So are we good on the Panthers? They're... I, well, okay, like they need some pass rush help, but are you going to take Derek Barnett at eight? I don't, you know, maybe. Uh, I think ideally Solomon Thomas would fall to them at that point. You know, your favorite player. Very overrated. But Two, You mean the 270-pound three technique, Solomon Thomas? So if he was 15 pounds more, you'd feel a lot better about yes. him? Yes, yeah, and if he could move the same, yeah. He's still, he's still powerful. He's still strong at the point of attack. I mean, Kinda. If, if he's 15 pounds more, he's Aaron Donald-ish, you know? But it's the fact that he's 275. Yeah, that's my problem. Is that he's, we're pounds. pretending he's some sort of awesome defensive end when in college he was winning as a three technique. 15 pounds is not going to uh, worry me, from it does stop me, me from, from drafting. I could block Solomon Thomas. <laughs> In my Romo jersey with my knees. Well, all right. The Panthers are they're tough because at, at eight, I think ideally, again, pass rush help. But I don't, I don't know where you, if you take them there. Uh, could they surprise us and take you know uh, a wide receiver? Maybe I don't know. A John Ross. You never know. Maybe but, find one that can catch. To yeah, Kelvin catch, Benjamin, catch De- for Kelvin. Devin Funches. But I mean, they lost Ted Ginn. Could you add a, a John Ross to fill that void? You know and. Another playmaker for Cam Newton, maybe. Uh, the Panthers are really a wild card in the top ten this year. The New Orleans Saints. Where would you start with the New Orleans Saints? Defense. They can't cover, can they? It just it has to be defense. At every level could use some help. I, they need an edge threat that's going to actually scare an offense. At linebacker, I think you need an upgrade at the will. Uh, and then, and that's why I think Reuben Foster at 11 is possible. Uh, then in the secondary corner, uh, it's a position that you know they they flirted with uh, uh, Butler with Patriots at eleven. I think they'll have some options at thirty two overall. They'll have some options even in the second round. They'll have options. This so. is the strangest draft of all time, Dane, because you talk about corner and you talk about picking at eleven, and I go to the exact same place that I go with the pass rushers. Right, Marshawn Lattimore's gone. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking at eleven? Yeah, at corner. I want to take all of them at forty. Right. Who am I taking at 11? Because my next best corners are Tankersley and Tabor, who ran a 6-4-40. Who are you going to pull the trigger? Who are your, what's your order? Who are you to, is Conley going to go that way? Marlon high? Humphrey, Gary and Conley, uh, Travis White. But no, I think, okay, last year, did we see Eli Apple going with a 10th pick overall? No. And I, I think that could be a situation this year where a Gary on Conley, who, some people think better than Eli Apple was coming out of Ohio State. I do. I think a lot of these guys are better than Eli Apple. And Eli Apple had a good rookie year. Yeah. I mean, you know, he played well. Uh, so I think 
you know, we could see a situation like that where Gary on Conley goes a little earlier than, you know, maybe we initially thought. Same thing with Marlon Humphrey. Same with Tredavious White. So, you know, that run on corners could start earlier than maybe we we thought just because ideally, sure, we think they're more late first rounders, but yeah. someone has to go in the top 15. It, yeah. You know, it's, these players have to go somewhere. There's only five top 15 players, exactly. but there's 120 top 50 players. It's, that's the story of this draft. And so, uh, you know, I think with when you look at the Saints, that's why I think Ruben Foster at 11 makes some sense. Uh, they can use an upgrade at will. Uh, you know what you're getting with Ruben Foster. Uh, and then at 30, and then they have the 32nd pick, and they have a second rounder. So you can get your corner later, yeah. uh, Fabian Moreau. You can, you can find those guys later on. But also, I'm going to throw out there, quarterback. Drew Brees is entering the final year of his deal. I mean, he's, what, 37, 38 years old, and we see what Tony Romo's doing, hanging it up. And if you're the Saints, Drew Brees isn't the problem. But, I mean, you've gone 7-9, and nine, like, what, the last three or four they've years? They've also been rocking, like, 30 or $40 million in dead money every year, haven't yeah. they? Oh, yeah. They've been... I mean, not that that matters, of course. You know, the cap, it's just, don't worry about it. You know, right. who, who wants that $40 million? Let's ask Jerry Jones about that. Yeah, forget about that. Who needed that? Uh, and the last team that we do today is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's see, safety, they signed J.J. Wilcox. They re-signed a guy. Running back, Doug Martin is the guy. But yeah, he suspended to start the year. They just, signed you don't Sean know long term. Well, I thought John Ross was the perfect fit for yeah. this team, opposite Mike Mike Evans. But then they went out and signed the NFL version. They've kind of, of plugged Ross. a lot of holes with free agency, which is what you want to do. Kind of looks like they're freed up. Well, and what I they want look JJ Wilcox is a fine player. I think he got better. Um, you know, we always knew he could hit, but he got better in coverage. But do you still do you trust him? I mean, I I think this is the perfect, not the perfect. This is the earliest spot I could see Obi Mellon Fonwu going. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm a big proponent of Obi Mellon Fonwu going in the I, first round. If you're most teams in the late first, I think you're also thinking that way. Yeah, I hope that everybody takes Mellon Fonwu. Uh, I hope that everybody takes Jabril Peppers, <laughs> and I'll take the guys that are really good. But no, I think you're right. They they filled a lot of their needs, so they could truly go best available uh, with uh, with that mid first round pick and help them get over the hump. Okay, random thing that we're going to talk about now because I just pulled my board out because we were just talking okay. about safeties. Because I'm going to tell you the guys that I want to fall to the second, third, whatever round you're picking in that I want to pick. Jabril Peppers is the player I want somebody else to take. Uh, Melifonwu is the dude that I want somebody else to take because those are guys that I think on tape are sort of, sorry, Jabril Peppers, day three guys. Oh, no. The guys that I want on my football team – are like Marcus May, Xavier Woods, Buda Baker, Josh Jones, a little bit later on Rayshon Jenkins at Miami. Like there's just I to me that's the group of players that when I watch them play, I feel like I can trust them hmm. and I know what their skill sets are. Whereas Peppers I think is a workout warrior that's hidden by being put in the box cuz he can't cover and then gets pushed around in the box, yet because he's athletic, he's a first round player. Okay, not to me. And then Melifonwu, I thought was a it was a solid player on tape, right? But just his workout elevated him so much yeah. that I'm going to say someone else take that. Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what you're saying. Uh, what, what do you think about Marcus Williams, who is one of the Cowboys' top thirty visits, uh, talented uh, safety from Utah? He, he's your typical single high safety who's going to you know be up Which there in his probably and... adds value as opposed to the guys who tackle well right right you can kind of find a strong safety so i should probably have him a little bit higher i have him as like a third round player 
Okay. But you're right. I think that should be somebody you probably consider as a second-round player. He, he's the only FBS player the last two years to have five-plus interceptions both years. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that gets his hands on the football, and so I think he's he's not going to last a 60. And so I think at 28, he's a guy Whew. you have to consider. Oh, dang. Uh, okay, look at these safeties. Besides, I'm going to fix safety later. There's too many of them. I'm going to fix so it You're later. not even considering safety in the late first. Buddha Baker. I kind of like Buddha. I do kind of like Buddha. Size doesn't uh, worry you? Not really. I think that's the story of how teams end up with good players in the second round is that people say, well, he was two inches too short. Well, he was 10 pounds too light. Mm. I watched him play. Yeah. He can play. Uh, see, he's really good. I agree. I mean, he's a second round, or I mean, he's right there on the cusp, but right. his size does worry me. I, right. I, I mean, he's. Well, I mean, it's the only thing that stops him from being a top ten player. Well, there, there are if he only, was six foot one, two ten, I'm taking him at number six overall. There, how many undersized safeties have truly been, you know, lived not a up bunch. To, I mean, Earl Thomas. How many six four Tyron safeties Matthew, are there? We love Obi. Who who loves Obi? Okay, I mean, fair point. Yeah, we we, we trust saying, the tape like, here. You make him you make him bigger and stronger, and suddenly it's like, oh, that's the guy I want. How many six four safeties are there? I, I mean, more just length wise. Right. I mean, you you see that a, a little bit in coverage, uh, you know, height, length, and just build to hold up. I mean, it, there are teams that will not even consider a two hundred under sub two hundred pound safety just right. because you just don't see those guys hold up over time. There's also teams that would never take Drew Brees or Russell Wilson. Yeah. No and, and that's and that's their are, fault. There are outliers for every right. you know, exceptions for every rule. Right. And so could Buda Baker be an exception? Absolutely. That's why he's I mean he's somewhere top forty on my board right. and you know he's not gonna move and that's where he is. Um and I, I mean be, I may need to revisit Marcus Williams because you're right and just that that skill set is so much harder to find. Right. If you think that he is and again I'm talking from a Cowboys perspective, a guy that can play your single high which frees up Byron Jones to do other things, then I think there is a ton of value there. So I may have to reconsider and watch him some more because I have him as like a third round player. So when you say 28 it's like mm-hmm. but then as a third round player it also means I have him with guys that are strong safeties. And clearly, the free safety brings more value than that. And at 28, you're drafting a second-round player, basically. Because you're not going to have 28 first-round grades. Yeah, but I'm drafting my pass rusher at 28, Dane. And I'm fixing my secondary in the next two rounds. So over, over, what, okay, what about if there's a corner run in the late first round? And Does that, does that scare you into possibly pulling the trigger on a corner there? Maybe. I'm just wondering which one. I mean, I'll get killed for it. I mean, I want Cordray Tankersley, and I want Tease Tabor. I'm going to be the guy who took the 4-7 running corner in the first round i'm gonna get made fun of but whatever i'm trusting the tape it's what i do i trust the tape unless the times get too too bad listen there's a four six at the combine there's plenty four, of six, corners two. that run four six are there plenty of four there's some <laughs> plenty norman ran like a four five eight <laughs> sherman probably isn't that fast hayden hayden was in the four high four fives but then he ran a four four two at the pro day he, he did it the right way yeah you run poorly then you get, get faster uh, i have to drop him don't i do i have to drop him it's just like, what happened to trusting the tape. Well, you do trust the tape. Who beat him deep? These who was running by T's Tabor all the time. I, I think you have to really look at that Florida defense. I mean, look how much talent was on that Florida defense. I, I mean, he was protected a lot. They had by, good safety. They had a good linebacker. They I mean, had T. They had another good corner. Well, yeah. Okay. Caleb Brantley getting put in pressure on the pocket. Jared so wait, Davis running all over time, the top. Did that forty time flip you so much? That you put the other Florida corner ahead of him? No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. No. So, so we went from top twenty to top thirty-five. Yeah. Where did I have it overall on my board? Let me look. Do you have it? 
Let's get it pulled up. Let's do a tease check. Well, in, in my corners, I mean, he dropped. See, and it's tough because I had these guys ranked they so closely. Yeah. yeah. And so for me. He was number two behind Lattimore, wasn't he? He was. And then part of this is I've heard too many scathing feed, too much scathing feedback about his interviews. Like he just, he tries way too hard to be, you know, the bad A. He, he tries way too hard to show off how cocky and brash and how tough he is. And it's just, it's something that turns off a lot of guys. It, he 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 thrives on natural instinct, like all the other really good corners that have ever no, played. But you have to be you have to think smart. You have to be tactical. You have to be have some form of technique. You have to have a little bit of that as a as a corner in this league. And I'm not sure he has that, and that that worries me. And then you f- back it up with a four seven forty yard dash, even a four six forty yard dash, that worries me as well. If you if you lose a step to an NFL wide receiver, you're not going to catch up to him. So, you know, look at SEC, they don't pump out a lot of NFL wide receivers. So we can talk about the SEC all we want. AJ Green, Julio Jones. Oh, oh yeah. Did T's cover those guys? Or? No, I'm just saying that they pumped out of okay, the Okay, the last three years. Who, oh, yeah, I mean, who, not so much. I mean, Malachi Dupree, you kidding me? So, I mean, look, I like T's Tabor. I do. But he's in this mix of corners where... At this point, I mean, I like Kevin King over him, and I, I I like Kevin King before he you know blew up the combine, but now I like him a little bit, little bit more than Tabor. These guys are all bunched really close together. Where we're going to see a run on these guys, and it really will be interesting to see how they come off the board. All right, that's it. Rest in peace to Tony Romo. Uh, today is dedicated to him. The week is dedicated <laughs> to him. Twenty seventeen is dedicated to Tony Romo. Enjoy his coverage of the Masters this week if CBS gets him signed that quickly. It'll be wonderful. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. Get the guide. Trust the tape. Get the draft guide at DP Brugler on Twitter. It's pinned uh, at JC1053 on Twitter. I don't have anything uh, to give you, but just come on through. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.